So I have got a confession. What? We're doing this particular movie, aren't we? Yeah. I absolutely hate fairground rides. Do you? Yeah. I always have, you know. I just can't can't stand them. I hate being upside down. I all of it. And one of the most embarrassing stories, and I know the people that know me the real life laugh at it. Funny enough, a pirate shit one. <laughs> Only a little one. And I thought the kids are little. It, well, Sophie was little. I'll have to go on with her. So I got on. On Scott, I nearly passed out. <laughs> really? Yeah. And it wasn't even a big ride, but it, it, it's just the whole motion of it. I, I, I was. I, I think I just turned green, and I'm. I'm pretty convinced that at one point I passed out. <laughs> There was nothing. You can't get off, can you? You can't no, just say to the bloke, excuse me, no, can I just get off and you know, everyone else could just carry on. See, so it was awful. But you like them? I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with them. Is I'm a little bit scared, but once I get on them and do them, I love it. Is, but, isn't that the like the, the thing that draws people in? Is, is it? I, maybe I just don't like being scared. Yeah. No, no. I, the idea of being on them, I don't. But when I do it, it's boss. And I remember... We did um, Blackpool a couple of years back and it was me, Jackie, Jane, Josh and Jackie will never forgive me but I'll show you the photograph. We were on the big one and there's it takes the photograph of no you, the person yeah. sat next to you and Jane and Josh. So the four of us were like me all and Jackie, in the same photograph. Thing. So we're all just like, ah, like that. Jackie's face. <laughs> Managed to make herself look like a fum. It was awful. <laughs> like it was just the most awful photograph ever. And then when you go and collect photographs afterwards, yeah, everyone was pissing themselves. <laughs> See it is. Yes. It was oh, just no. like. And then another thing when we there's one where you go on and there's water and you get splashed. Jane and Josh down and just put me and Jackie were behind him just throwing the water at them, <laughs> and he didn't know the photos to that. You do now, yeah. <laughs> I remember when when the big one was getting built. Yeah. I think it I don't think it opened or was about to open, but I got to go on an airship and we were the airship flew the big you know, like the big um it was when the orange network had just come out. Yeah, the, the big, big blimp. Thing, the big blimp. And I think the blimp was at like five hundred feet. But the big one goes up to two hundred and fifty feet. So when you're in the blimp looking down, you were like, Nope. That is just way too, yeah. it's just way too big, way too high. And never, you couldn't, honestly, I think if you offered me like a million pounds, I'd probably say no, you know. Hello and welcome to Watch It If You Can. My name is Dave. My name is Liam. This podcast is all about box sets we've created of our favourite films and TV shows. Some you've seen, some you won't, and others you may never want to watch. However, we can say, if you've never seen Friends, don't worry, we wouldn't leave you at the altar. All we want to do is chat on about these films and TV shows that we love so dearly, and maybe, just maybe, you should watch it if you can. Liam. Dave. How are you? I'm alright. Um, this is a good one this week. It is. Should we dive right in? 
<laughs> yeah, we'll dive straight in. <laughs> this week, Dave, it is Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. Oh, excellent choice. Yeah. Okay, so the 2003 Walt Disney and Jerry Bruckheimer blockbuster starring Johnny Depp, Keira Knightley, Orlando Bloom, Jeffrey Rush, Jonathan Price, and Jack Davenport. High jinks on the high seas. It's a bit of a complex plot, so I'm not even going to bother going there at some point. <laughs> Most of the people have seen it anyway. Basically, you've got pirates, you've got the English Navy, you've got ships, Caribbean locations, and cursed Aztec gold. What more do you want? Last couple of episodes, we've tried to pick a link out, and I've managed to get a link from last week's My Cousin Vinny, which is quite direct as well. So, Gore Verbinski, who directed this film, Pirates Caribbean, also directed, remember the film Mouse Hunt with Nathan Lane and Lee Evans? Yeah. Also in that film was Maury Shaken, who played Sam Tipton, one of the witnesses who took the stand in My Cousin Vinny. Oh, nice link. Yeah, so I was like, oh, well, I, I spotted that last week. Remember when I went to me deep dive? Yeah. I thought I'm going to keep that one for next week. <laughs> I didn't I didn't go all in last week. I kept one back. One other link we've got from our previous box set is Crimson Tide in the fact that it's a bit of a nautical theme. And, of course, both produced by Jerry Bruckheimer. We love Bruckheimer, don't we? Oh, yeah. So why, matey, have you made the choice <laughs> to put it on your list? Have you got more of these? Uh, There's got to be a few, yeah. got a few. got a few puns. Okay, um, I do love a big blockbuster, and this is not a boss little movie. It's the absolute... <laughs> it's a boss big movie. It's the complete opposite. I think when we picked this box set... I wanted a blockbuster for, for, for different reasons. And I, I was trying to think of one outside of Star Wars, MCU and the Harry Potter franchises. And I was like, I actually, I love this film. It's, it, it, do you know I mean? The franchise is okay. Some of the later ones, they, they do go down in quality as each one goes. But the first couple are really good films. But it's also a boss example of how sometimes an outright... Hollywood studio production, when it clicks, can just be brilliant. Do you, do you know what I mean? It's it's very being as a film is purely came into creation purely for Disney to get more people to go on a ride in their Disney park <laughs> because it was the the ride came first. Weirdly enough, it was they had the ride and he wanted to make a film to encourage more people to go. Yeah, the ride's been around for years. Yeah, hasn't it? so it was like the it was literally. And when you think about it, but it still works. And I think we've we've had this conversation before, when we've mentioned about controversial controversial people involved in TV and films. There are so many people involved in the creative process of a film. So although it's a big Hollywood blockbuster, everyone doing their part is is bringing their own game. So you've got like all the costume people, all the set designers. The director, the actors, everyone has been creative, and it's a perfect example of when it all clicks. And even though it's a big Hollywood movie, it's just magic. It, it so, so I read it nearly didn't get made at all. Yeah. So Michael Eisner and Robert Iger at Disney, they were ready to pull the plug, weren't they? It was it was Bruckheimer that convinced them with the some of the um, the concept art and the animatronics yes. that they've done to, to make it. So we nearly didn't get I think this they, film at all. They barked at the, the amount of money it was going to cost, mm. but then I think they pointed out, well, 
the game now is Lord of the Rings. That was the big thing at the moment. And really, you've got to compete. Yeah, true. Um, so who's in it? What have they been in? What else would we have seen them that we we've seen or we would like to watch well what I've done because it's quite a big cast I've just picked out a couple of things for each of them that I think you should go back and watch um, first of all you've got Jack Sparrow played by Johnny Depp the and one and only did you see who nearly played him there's been there's quite a few actually wasn't there De Niro De Niro, De Niro turned, it turned it down yeah but yeah. then later did because um, he said how oh, pirate films don't make any money exactly yeah but he did play a pirate <laughs> then later on didn't he yeah Um there was, but the the actual original script would be was knocking around for about 15, 20 years, and I think there's quite a few. I think the um, Bill Murray was sort of lined up at one oh, point, really, maybe yeah. to look at. So basically, the original script was done by two because there's about four or five writers on it, isn't it? The original one was was um, was hawked around for years, and it was it was it was taken up by Disney, and it wasn't until Jerry Bruckheimer got involved that he brought in another two writers. And basically, the bit they added was the whole cursed gold bit. They he, he just thought that the bit that was missing. Then they added that bit. Yeah. So it was one of them. You hear this of, of scripts floating around Hollywood for 15, 20 years before they eventually get made, and they have so many people have come and gone on the project. But yeah, I think Bill. Murray, but I think when you read about it, it was loads of people who was attached. It was one of them. Once a Disney film's out, isn't it? Everyone's yeah. probably you know. I believe Christopher involved. Walken was considered at one point as well, which I just can't see. As Jack? Yeah, yeah. I was like, hmm. can sort of see it because he is a bit say, like zany, isn't he? Yeah. He's a bit off the beat. Um, but it would have been interesting. So a couple of films regarding Johnny Depp. He's done a lot. He, he, you know, he's got a big bibliography, um, filmography even. The few I've picked out is I think you've got to see What's Eating Gilbert Grape which is one of the films that just put him on the road. Yeah, oh. how old do you think he was? 1818, oh. maybe? Yeah, and you forget Leonardo DiCaprio was in that as well. Yeah, and he was like a teenager, wasn't yeah. he? Um, a young teen, sorry. Absolutely amazing film. One of his also early ones, Benny and June. It was a really good film. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember Benny and June. Yeah, yeah. really good. And I picked a couple of his gangster ones, Donny Brasco and Blow, a couple of my favourites. I put Blow. I purposely... Not put any Tim Burton films on that list. Oh, I have. Well, <laughs> I'm gonna but be not what you think. I'm gonna be controversial. They don't do it for me. Tim Burton. You don't film. enjoy them? No, not no. like Edward Cezanne's or anything. To be honest, I haven't gone with that. So for Johnny Depp, I've gone with Black Mass, um, which is where he played James Whitey Bulge. It was based on a true story. Yes, that's yeah. a really good film. Blow, I put as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, I just love the scene in Blow where they've got so, like too much money. Yeah, they? like the house is full of money. I just love that scene. But the two I've gone with are actually animated ones. I've gone with Vango. Yeah. And I've gone with Corpse Bride. Oh, interesting. Which is Tim Burton. And See, he's great. But I've also just one, sorry, one just honourable mention the episode of the Fast Show in uh, 2000. And also the episode of Vicar Dimbleby. He the, was, wasn't he? Yes, yeah. which yeah. people forget he's amazing in the fast show. He was a big fan of the fast show, yeah. wasn't he? <laughs> big fan. Um, yeah, Tim Burton, the films don't, just do not do it for me. I can appreciate he's talented and he, he's, he's a bit of a quirky voice. Just, they, so, they leave me a bit cold. They don't do it for me at all. So one of the things we were talking about doing was films neither of us have seen. Mm. So have you seen Big Fish? No. 
Okay, that might have to go on the list that then, because that on. is a Tim Burton film that I think you'll like. I, I, I've not seen. I've seen most of his films. The, the Batman ones are doable because it's Michael Keaton as Batman. The rest, I'm I really... No, do, not a fan of Adam's no, family, no. No, no. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think of some others now at the top of my head, but... Yeah, struggle no, with do. them all. Struggle with anything better. I do like those kooky kind of films, though, so I love them. And Wednesday, which is the Netflix show, I think that's brilliant. So is he like an executive producer or something? I think he directs some of the episodes. Ah, yeah, okay. Um, who else have we got in the film? We've got the character Elizabeth Swan, played by Keira Knightley. Um, I think she was only 17 or something. When she 18. Passed, yeah, 18 she was, when it came out, I think. Um, a couple of things you need to watch with Keira Knightley and Atonement is, was the big film that got her up and run. I just think it's an absolutely fantastic film. Begin Again with Mark Ruffalo is a really good one as well. Oh, she, I haven't got that. I don't play, think I've seen that. She plays a um, songwriter and her boyfriend is... Her and her boyfriend are songwriters and he hits it off big time and basically leaves her and she, right. she has to rebuild her own career and Mark Ruffalo is like a disgraced record producer or something like that and he sort of team up it's a good film actually um, what else have I, Imitation Game is probably the one I'd say if you're going to watch a Keir Knightley film watch that it's a fantastic film that is really good um, also in a film there's character Barbosa played by Jeffrey Rush who's just a fantastic actor a um, couple of picks I've got for him are he plays, he voices Nigel and Finding Nemo. He does, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's good. And I think the, the couple you really got to see, The King's Speech, is, is yeah. a great film. Um, Shakespeare in Love, I always forgot he was in that. As he well. is, isn't he? Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen that. Um, and the film that really sort of brought him to everyone's attention is Shine, where he plays the piano. It's just like an amazing film. I've got a couple. I've got. Can I just go back to Kevin Knightley? Oh, sorry, yeah. I've got a couple where only because I watched it recently. Boston Strangler on oh, Disney. Okay, is it a film or a series? It's a, it's a film, yeah. Just a, just a one-off movie. Um, she's really good in that. Another film called Official Secrets, which came out I think a couple of years ago. That that's definitely worth a watch. I had Imitation Game and Atonement, uh, Domino, the uh, the Tony Scott film. Oh, have you seen that? No. That's that's worth a watch. But I threw this one in just purely because most of it was filmed here. The um, Jack Ryan movie with Chris Pine. She's she's in that play and um, Chris Pine's wife, but a lot of that was filmed here as like Liverpool like was meant to be Russia and stuff. Okay. Um, but the actual film was really good. And oh, she's good in it as well. Don't think I've seen that one. Uh, but Jeffy Rush, um, one I picked out was a film with Pierce Brosnan called the Tale of Panama. Have you seen that? No. That's definitely worth a watch. He, he hasn't done a lot of films, Jeffy Rush, because he, like, he's been around for like, and, like, the last couple of years, he's already done nothing. I don't know if there's a reason for that, but literally, no. I looked on his um, IMDb, I think, he's, I think he's done like two films in the last five years or something like that. Well, th- there's rumours of a Mystery Men sequel. And he was um, Casanova Frankenstein. Have you seen Mystery Men with no. Ben Stiller? Have you never seen that? No. It's like a it's a it's a superhero movie, but they've got no superpowers basically. Um, and Ben Stiller, I think Ben Stiller is is he? I can't remember the character name now. I'm gonna get wrong with something. I can't remember like Captain Fury. He just gets angry. His superpowers, he just gets <laughs> yeah, angry. Yeah. I think the only one with actual superpowers is the uh, the um, is it Roy Kinnear? 
I keep getting I'm going to get it wrong, but he, he, there's one genuine superhero and then the Mystery Men lot. I can't believe you haven't seen Mystery no, Men. No, no. Put on your list, no. but Jeffy Bush is, um, he, he's in it as well. Oh, I'll dig that one out. Um, next, we've got Will Turner, who is played by Orlando Bloom, and obviously slaughters rings for Orlando Bloom. Um, apart from that, I don't think I've seen anything with him in. It was weirdly, you know, yeah. when I went down the list, I was yeah. like, I that don't know. No. But I did pull out one film I definitely want to watch. Something, it's a bit of a uh, spoof about the cycling doping scandal, and it's called Tour de Pharmacy. Oh, I haven't seen it's, that. It, no. I was long that, that looks quite interesting. But apart from now, I. And obviously, he's in six Lord of the Ring films anyway, <laughs> isn't he? Do you know what I mean? And five, six. Have you not seen Carnival Row? No. So that's really good. That's an Amazon Prime series, and the second season's just been on, and he's really good in that. Um, the other thing I read is this nearly went to Heath Ledger. Yes. Um, Did, he yeah. was considering. They went with Orlando Bloom because he'd just been in Lord of the Rings, hasn't he? Basically, it, yeah. Um, but, but and it was, it was um, Jeffrey Rush had just filmed done the film Ned Kelly with Orlando Bloom that brought him to the attention of, of uh, is it Gore Branski, the director? Yeah. He, he wasn't even on the radar at oh, that really? point. And he brought him in to read and he said, oh, and then it was ended up between him and Heath Ledger. Right. Well, he's not he's not got a huge part, but he's in Black Hawk Down. Yes. Um, yeah. which, is, which is a great film. But this one I've picked as well is another little bit of a cameo, same as the Johnny Depp. He's in uh, Extras. Yeah, he's in the first what, episode, yes. and he's just—he's absolutely brilliant in it. The line where he says, "I think it, he's talking about Johnny Depp, isn't he?" And he's, he's he's making comments about him, but he says, "Willy Wonka." He goes, "Willy Wonka." <laughs> <laughs> yes. But apparently, had to, apparently had to ring Johnny Depp and say, "Look, these are like these are the jokes I'm going to be doing. We're sort of you know, taking the piss out here." And Johnny Depp, obviously, you know, he's a cool guy. Isn't yeah, he? He, he just let him do it. But I just think that episode alone. He's so good in. Um, anyone else in it? I've got a couple in more here. Jack Davenport. Um, I've forgotten his character. I didn't write his character's name. Danny, um, the Commodore. James Novington. Yeah, yeah. Um, I forgot Jack Davenport in the morning show, the Apple TV some Which I still haven't seen. Yeah. With Jennifer Aniston. It is fantastic. And Steve Carell is fantastic in it because he's he's quite a horrible character and I love seeing Steve Carell playing horrible people. <laughs> he does it so well. You you think he's a he's a comedy actor but he's done some really um I've, yeah I've just watched that recent um FX show that um is it called the psychiatrist where he's he's kidnapped. His psychiatrist gets kidnapped and put in like the basically in the lad's loft and he's brilliant in that as yeah, well. That's purely serious. Did you used to watch Coupling? No. So Jack Davenport was in Coupling. Which is um, comedy um, on in the 90s well I've picked out um, This Life which which is what he came did you ever see this it was between BBC show between 96 and 97 it was groundbreaking so it was basically setting a house in London a house share of of um, all these lawyers and solicitors who were just starting out in their career yeah. and it was groundbreaking Andrew Lincoln it was his first thing as well uh, it's I remember because I was in, um, I was doing, it was in college and I was doing media studies in college. It was a big thing because it was like, it was all, it was so real. It was about six young professionals who smoked, drank, did drugs, 
but we're still going. We're, we're you know we're, we're fully functioning adults. Yeah, still. and it was like it was like oh my god, this is like it was quite risque for BBC to do, but it was a massive hit. Great soundtrack as well. Oh, nice. Nice. Really, yeah. like obviously, look, Jackson Martin and Andrew Lincoln were both the main male actors. They've mm. both gone on and had fantastic careers. Um, that's definitely worth a shout. Yeah. I've got Kingsman as well. He's in um, he's in Kingsman. He's in he was in Flash Forward. Which you, I don't think you'll have watched. It got cancelled after one season. It was like going to be the next, like Lost. Basically, it was the, the, the series was all about like everyone in the world passes out for about five minutes, but everyone wakes up and they've got visions of the future. I remember, and it was I remember. huge, like like yeah. posters, billboards. Yeah, and then it, and then it just got cancelled. Um, we he did. He's in the boat that walked. What's his character name? Twat. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, I wrote down. With, two, with three T's. Yes. I was like, you and me are just such the same <laughs> toilet humour, aren't we? <laughs> um, yeah, and just a couple of uh, mentions of who else was in it. Zoe Saldana. She didn't really have a very big yeah. role in it. Uh, but I'm sure I've read somewhere that if you add up... Zoe that was going to be my question to you. Do is you she think the she... highest gross, grossing actor? Like, interesting ratio of films. I think Samuel Jackson probably just beats her because of Star Wars. But if you if you include the pirates, like if you if you want to include this, which she isn't a big part, no. but if you include the two Avatar movies, yeah. and you include the MCU movies she's in, she's she's right up there. I think Samuel Jackson probably just pips it. But I would say for ratio of money pay, money and then films, I think she's... She, oh, yeah, yeah. Because Samuel Jackson's done hundreds yeah, of right. films, do you get what I mean? But, like, as, cause the I remember, two Avatar films is automatically like near on four billion, yeah. isn't it, already? Well, it just, just while we're talking about it, when it was... Um, the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise is 15th in the top 20 biggest franchises, grossing. And obviously, the MCU is number one. Mm. But what I found quite funny was just the four Avengers film is still number five in that list as well. Like, do you know what I mean? Which is just, which goes to show, I think uh, the MCU's gross 28 billion. Star Wars is next on the list mm. at 10 million. 10 billion, sorry. Apparently, so, she didn't have a good time on this film. No, did no, she said it was. Um, it just was. It wasn't. She said it wasn't the cast. It was the whole everything like, behind the it. scenes. She's just didn't like it. Um, and one honourable mention because and I think he's actually one of the funniest characters in it. Mackenzie Crook plays one of the pirates. Um, he was. He actually has quite a quite a lot of scenes in it. Well, but, I've got before you do that. I've got one more because it'll just slightly link to our episodes. Oh, go on, Jonathan Price. Um, who's, who's Elizabeth Dad? He wasn't in Young Guns. He wasn't. In, definitely wasn't in Young Guns. <laughs> but he's in Slow Horses, which is on Apple TV with Gary Oldman. He's amazing in that. Um, he was obviously in Game of Thrones, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, I love him in Tomorrow Never Dies. But this is a link to City of God. He was in Brazil. <laughs> um, by Terry I, Gilliam. <laughs> so sorry. I, like I just it. wanted to get me Brazil link. Can't get a Brazil link. <laughs> I like it. So Mackenzie Crook. Mackenzie Crook. Yeah. And obviously. The office and 
Ah, uh, what's the the one on BBC where Detectivists he, oh, with Toby Jones? That is such a good program. Very underrated. Very, I love that. It yeah. is so subtle. And what a like you know them two together are just absolutely fantastic. Because he's a great actor Toby Jones as well. Oh, and he's he's everywhere at the minute, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. Um, he was in that Tetris movie that's on Apple as well. Yeah. Um, I love him. Yeah, and and in Marvel as well. Yeah, yeah. Captain yeah, yeah. Um, have you got a favourite character then? I have um, got one honourable. Remember, I said I'm going to. My, I'm, yeah, I'm, one honourable, one main. One honourables. Um, Elizabeth Swan. I just thought Keira Knightley just played the character really well. It was nice to actually see a female role that pretty much wasn't just there and does nothing. She's she's quite a forceful character. She, she comes back to save. Yeah, to save Will, doesn't yeah, she? Yeah, she, and so. I, I just think she's a great character and it's really well written. I think she absolutely plays it so well, especially because, you know, like we said, she was only 17, 18 when it yeah. was made as well. Apparently, they, uh, when you were doing one night, they used to do nighttime scenes out actually on the water. Um, and her mum used to go, go everywhere with her and they were coming back from a nighttime scene and he hit a, a, a reef that was underground yeah. and they're in their boat sank and it, would, it took them a couple of hours before they got uh, rescued they weren't in any danger or nothing like yeah. that but, but stranded basically yeah um, and apparently after that they, they, they basically pulled all the nighttime filmings and they, they basically redid they went and did the rest in the studio and all afterwards but because of that oh nice I was like oh but it's part of that because if you lose one of your leading cast it's going to cost you a it's a, it's a, it's a, a big issue lot, yeah. isn't it um, but obviously my favourite character it's, it's Jack Sparrow I know we don't always pick the main character but I think Johnny Depp has just created one of the most iconic Hollywood characters it's it's flawless his character is flawless his performance is flawless his attention to detail in the character is amazing because he was so apparently he had so many more ideas that Disney were like, like oh. mm. but I think he did that thing where he came in with like 20 ideas knowing that Disney would say oh you can't have because one of his ideas was he basically he had his nose bit off in a fight I've seen that yeah he, he was petrified of pepper as in yeah pe- black pepper and he was terrified of getting a cold and all these little things <laughs> and these little quirks. But in the end, they let him go. I think it's away. like a compromise. Then. Yeah, so they let him go away with, the, with the, the gold teeth. But apparently, when his when he was doing the research, he was reading that actually, when you look into the history of pirates and all that, what you see on TV and that is wasn't quite like that. They were almost a bit like him. Um, he read they were almost as like rock gods of the day they were quite popular because do you know what I mean it was quite a glamorous thing to do do you know what I mean so the idea of basically playing him as Keith Richards is just genius and it, and, it, and apparently Disney when you were like first got wind of it were absolutely terrified they were just like so I'm, so I'm going to play devil's advocate right we're not big fans of film executives are we no but Bear with me here. Put yourself in their shoes, right? You're making Pirates of the Caribbean, yeah. Jerry Bruckheimer film, Gore Verbinski, big action movie. You've got one of the biggest stars. Are you expecting an Indiana Jones, Han Solo? Um, I'm trying to think of other sort of male, sort of leading kind of characters, you know, like a, a, a Robin Hood, yeah. James Bond. 
if I'm the studio exec and someone's come in and go, we're making this movie, here's all the criteria and here's who we've got, I am thinking Indiana Jones. Oh. I am thinking the star is going to be a big hero. All day so long. So do you understand the nervousness when they first seen it? Yes. And also, at this point, Johnny Depp was a well-respected actor, but he wasn't a big, he wasn't, he wasn't a bankable star at this point. No, he, he wasn't a blockbuster. So it was still a risk for Disney mm. to have him in this movie. And you're right, but... But he was a young, good-looking... Yes. They knew it bring in... It's going to bring in the blokes for the action and then casting Orlando Bloom, Johnny Depp, hopefully then pulls yeah. in you know, everyone else as well. But it, I do understand why they must have oh, watched those clips and went, what is he doing? Because oh, if you're not watching the whole film... And you're just seeing clips of this man. What a man! Day like now, the, the the description is: he's Keith Richards meets Bugs Bunny and Pepe Le Pew. Yeah, it's and he, it is that comical element. I be, don't think they expected that. To be fair, great shout for Johnny Depp to go with it and stick with it and pull it through. And I think Gorbanski, the director, he was fully on board with it as well because I think they, you think he saw what it could be, but is and I think as well what the director respected was. The amount of rehearsal he put in to get their mannerisms, the way he moved, his run is absolutely oh, funny. It's and it? it's great because you only actually see it once in the first film. I think later on it becomes a bit more of like, but it's 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 just iconic. That run is something <laughs> else. It cracks me up. But he's not like a Zorro. No, if you think no. of Antonio Banderas as Zorro. He's cool, isn't he? People want to be him and stuff. I don't really think... Does anyone really want to be Jack? No. No, he, it, it's such a strange character. And I think only Johnny Depp could have done it. If, if, do you know what I mean? I think in the hands of another actor, doing what he wanted to do, I don't think it would have worked. And you're right. And it's funny you mentioned Indiana Jones because you'll, you'll see why we're later. But... You're right, that's who you think it should be. The and, and probably character. all of us seeing the trailers and seeing the posters going in, I did expect. I, yeah. I was thinking this is the new this is the new Indiana Jones. You just Robin didn't you just didn't expect it's so out of kilt and also <laughs> it completely blows away every idea you have of what a pilot should be in a film you know because the, the, the yeah. only the, the talk with that um war accent not because that's where they were from is that was that very first pirate film back in the day where, where the pirate where the like actor a long john silver yeah, type one the actor it? came from that like from where it's it's <laughs> bristol way isn't it and it stuck and it even even in a film like jeffrey rush Slightly goes between Irish and Bristolian, I've got to say, John, <laughs> whichever part you think of the film is. But I just think is it Depp's detail in the character just pays off. I, I, I do, and I think it's just absolutely, he, he nails it, and it is iconic. And it, the little tiny touches, like, if you notice, like, the saying is, like, when he's on the boat, he's dead still. But when he's on land... All over the place. Yeah, I love that. It's just, it's just... So do you want me to tell you mine? Go on. Mine's James Norrington. Interesting. So I've gone... And I'll, tell, I'll tell you why. Because he could have been sleazy. Yes. Because normally in these films, yeah. the guy that's going to marry the, yeah. the, the main actress... They're a bit over the top. And, you don't want them to yeah. get together. Usually, you know, he could have been like a big posh bully 
and it could have been one of those where you know you don't want them to get married. I don't know. Does he he hits yeah. her? He's horrible to her. He's horrible to everyone else. But he's actually a really good guy, and I think if she did end up with him, I don't think it would have been a bad thing for her in the, in, yeah. in the character. And I do do think as well he's got he has got one of the best lines in the film, which is where he says. Um, that is, without doubt, the worst pirate I've ever seen. <laughs> but then Jack robs the ship. Yes. And the officer next to him, literally, it's about five seconds later, goes, that's got to be the best pirate I've ever seen. <laughs> so I love that scene, but it's his face, because he's yeah. literally just said he's the worst one, and then he steals his ship. I'm, um, I'm, I'm not far away. I, I, I see it. I think, and I think that's where the director did really well in this film, is they didn't go down the cheesy obvious roots for all the characters like Jeff Richard Barbosa is actually quite an interesting bad guy as well do you know what yeah, I mean because ideally you'd want to stay the way they are wouldn't yeah, you but yeah. they're actually trying to like well, it's, get it's the, back to being human it's the they? fact that as well is they're permanently hungry as well have you, did you, have you got onto yeah, that yeah they don't feel yeah they, they don't, and know. it's like it's 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 not like they're not being e- egotistical to yeah. take over the world. They want, to, they just want to get back to being human. This is where the film's in reverse because normally the film would be about finding the gold to get the curse to live forever. Yeah, you know, and, and roam the seas and and do what you want, and no one can stop you basically and take over. The story about the bad guys always we want to take over yeah. the world, yeah, isn't yeah. it? So I think if the if the story was in reverse, you get the gold. Go take over the world because no one can kill you yeah, and no yeah. one can stop you. But it's, it's the total opposite. But another line, though, just why I like James Norton's characters, he says to Will Turner, um, don't think you're the only one that cares for her. Which, again, you know, they could have done it. Where yeah. he, he's not a yeah. bad, he's not a bad yeah. guy at all. Um, and, and I think it's easy as well to make the English Navy into to our souls. It's, yeah, it's, basically. It, do you know what I mean? We, we, we know our history in the world. We, <laughs> we weren't very nice people to... But he's a, of, you know, he gives Jack a day to get away, doesn't yeah. he? Just little things like that. So I went, I went with James uh, Normanton for mine. Um, have you got a favourite scene, then? I've got a couple. Um... I think the opening, well, the first time you see Jack arrive in Port Royal, and you see him on the ship, and you think it's a big, day, like the big, day, like it's the theme, da, 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 and he's coming in, and it pans out like this little dinghy, and he's it's just, just on the mast, isn't and, he? And then at the point he actually comes on, it's just sinking, and he just literally steps off the ship and and walks onto the jetty, and it's just, I just think that says it all about Jack Sparrow. That, that, do you know yeah. what I mean? It's he hasn't spoke at this point. Either, you know this reason. This is not your usual pirate from a film. Yeah. And again, going back to what we just said, for Disney to take, I can see why they had their worries when you, they were like, "Oh my god!" But <laughs> when you see the the context of the whole picture, it's, it's brilliant. Um, me have a couple of little see- favorite scenes. The bit you've just mentioned with Jack tricks the navy mm. as he thinks he's stealing Dauntless, but then runs off with it. the I faster ju- ship. Yeah, basically. I just think it's a great scene. And then likewise, it mirrors that later on in the film where he then plays off both Barbosa's crew and the navy at the end. Yeah. Of the so we those little plays and because they, they sort of mirror each other in the film in the film as well. But me favorite, it's not scene it's the my favourite bits in the movies are the the battle set pieces on the ships they are absolutely fantastic they are 
something that I believe only Jerry Bruckheimer production could could yeah, do. I think the music that's, and everything. And and in particular, there's two there's two really good battles. But the one moment every time I watch it, I just go yes, <laughs> is the bit where the 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 Black Pearl is chasing down the Inceptor. And Elizabeth tells them to drop the anchor, and the anchor, yeah. and it spins round, pivots, so they're side by side, and you've got the guns ready. I literally, I jump out my seat every <laughs> time. It's one of the, and that's what a Hollywood blockbuster can do when you pull it off. It's oh, I, I, I just jump out my seat with delight every time that moment happens. So it's definitely my favourite moments. So I, I, I had three. One, the, the main one I was going to say, but you, you've said it. It is Jack's first appearance. Yeah. I think that's brilliant, the way that, you know, the camera just backs up and there he is just standing on the mast. (laughs) Um, But the other two that I'll mention is I think the first time that you see all the pirates when they're actually cursed, that first time where Elizabeth comes out and it's the moonlight and they're all the skeletons. I think the effects are so brilliant for it as well. I love that scene. Um, But one of my favourite is Jack at the end when he strokes the wheel of ship and he says... Now bring me that horizon. Yeah. And he improvised that line and they kept it in. Pirates quite a lot of lines that he improvised. You can imagine, yeah. But that line, bring me that horizon, is just an amazing line. And apparently there's a British metal band now called Bring Me That Horizon. <laughs> that, yeah. Oh, like, where'd you get your name? Uh, <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> I love it. So it's, um, it, it, this is proper loud blockbuster, hard pumping music. Have you got like recommendations from the soundtrack? I have actually. So the soundtrack was conducted and written by a composer called Klaus Badelt. I think it's pronounced. Um, the uh, Gorvodinsky, is it Vibransky? Gorvodinsky, the director. Yeah. He initially had another composer, but I don't think he saw eye to eye with Jerry Bruckheimer. I think Jerry Bruckheimer's got quite a way of working, especially with composers. Um, so we brought in Hans Zimmer, but Hans Zimmer was already working on other films. So he said, "Look, he said, I'll oversee it, but this is your man. This is this guy." Now. So uh, Klaus Bedel, and again, in typical Hans Zimmer fashion, it's big orchestral numbers, loads of strings, loads of horns, a rhythm. Um, I was having like I went on, I did, did a little bit of reading about it. It wasn't well liked. The score. Because for musicality reasons, when it first came out, there's like a few. Because um, qu- quite often we don't classical music these days. The nearest we have to is film scores, yeah. isn't it? It's, it's that thing. So apparently, it, and it comes back to that little bit of the snobby argument. Is apparently when it first came out, there was a lot of classical music fans took a little bit of offence to it because. Classical music is made up of what's called counterpoints, which are multiple music lines that playing different things are sort of interwined and playing with each other. That that's that's the definition of classical yeah. music. Whereas this is very simple melody and harmony, and that's that one tune. Da, 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 da. So apparently, it was like it was a little bit scoffed. That was like this is like. I think I love it. Yeah. I think it's absolutely fun. And it's again, it's that little bit of what we mentioned before that argue well, didn't really get to mention much about it, but that arguments of art and popular culture. Because it's the same as arguments is um I always remember seeing a documentary with Quincy Jones 
and he was he was slagging off the Beatles because he's he's like a big boss jazz musician. He's like, ah, oh, they were rubbish musicians. Didn't have yeah, Ringo didn't have a clue what he was doing, and because they hated the idea that basically the Beatles sold more records than anyone else in the world, and it would it, they wrote music that people wanted to listen to. And that's the bit that that, right. that that sort of attitude of like just because it's it's, tune, just because it. it sells well, it's void of culture. But no, is it? Does it sell well because people like it? Do you know what I mean? That and that all comes in to this as a Hollywood blockbuster. It's do you dislike something because it's popular? Well, I think you're doing yourself a disservice if you if you say I'm not watching that. It's just stupid Disney film, but. It's a great film. Why would so it's that same argument? So yeah. I was doing a bit like I said this. This is and it's sort of funny how that little sort of highlight about the music sort of reflects the whole film as well. It's that like, same argument. So, well, they were like, oh, it's not proper classical music. There's no counterpoint to it. It was like, <laughs> and it's like it's a boss soundtrack. A couple of the bits I've picked out. You've got the medallion calls, the black pearl, Will and Elizabeth. And he's a pirate. He's a pirate. So amazing. But it? what it does really well, and this is what popular music does really well, it's it's repetition. So there's a there's a what's called in musical terms a light motive, which is like a little calling sound. So that was that was Jack Sparrow. The da, 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 is associated with Jack Sparrow in the film, very similar to when you watch Star Wars. When Darth Vader yeah. walks on, it's da, 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 da. and it's the same, and it's that use of repetition between different songs. I think it's a great soundtrack. Yeah, it, it, uh, anything with Hans Zimmer anyway is brilliant. Coming back to what you were saying about that, the linking into the characters, Doctor Who does it really well. Yeah. You you can hear a piece of music, go, that's Matt Smith's Doctor there. Well, yeah, you know, that's yeah. David Tennant's Doctor. So it's a German phrase. Um, it's pronounced light motive, but it's not. It's not spells it and I was like it was, it was that was members that were going to try and bring a technical term into each episode I was like, oh. that's our that's this week's technical term the little thing that sort of flashes up to, to let you know technical term coming up light motive but yeah I thought it was like that little snapshot of the, like that that sort of oh the music's very that's not classical of it. Is, is literally the same I can have about the whole film itself and I was like I love me movies I love me TV but I'm not going to dislike something just because it sells loads Disney of tickets. and it was a vibe yeah. and, and what was quite weird as well um, just being that it was, it was the, the very first Disney film that wasn't it, like a, a general U rating was it an R <laughs> <laughs> how long have you had that one waiting for I've been waiting for like since we started to be honest <laughs> <laughs> oh I love it so what if anything would you have done to make it better Um. You've mentioned it already, and it, oh, what? It's the very, very end. Literally, the the bit where you don't like the bring me the horizon. My favorite bit. No, no, not not that bit. As such is the fact that um, Will goes and rescues Jack, and then they're all at the top of the tower, and basically, um, yeah. Jack jumps off the water, mm-hmm. and then all the army are there, and Elizabeth comes, and goes, no, 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 and then they all just go right to the end. Oh, yeah. It's like they all just stood around looking at each other and going, there's going to be a sequel. Can't even be asked doing anything at this point. <laughs> Do you know? and so I'm, should Jack have just said, we'll get him in the sequel? I don't know. Rather than let's give him another day. It was, I don't, do you know what I mean? It was like, I have no issue. And I think setting up a sequel in a movie 
is a talent in itself. But it was almost he didn't even try. They all just it was at one point they all just stood there, like shrugged their shoulders and like, huh? Like so you got Johnny McPride, the dad there, Elizabeth. Yeah. He tells them to lower the guns though, yeah, to be fair. But it was a bit I know like, what you mean. But it was a bit like but I suppose part of it was kind of like what really are we arresting Jack for now because yeah. you know he hasn't you know along with Willie sort of saved Elizabeth so there's, there's I suppose an element of that because seconds ago they were hanging him yeah yeah. so I know and what you're coming back to it's just like, I don't know how do you hang someone and go oh, let's just let him go yeah, yeah. it just it just falls it was, I just thought it was a little bit lame just that one bit where it was yeah. almost like they all look around each other and go I would just wait for the sequel then. Because, <laughs> you, you know. I've got a couple of things. Um, the, the, and again, sometimes my criticism isn't just aimed at the, the movie that we're talking about. It's probably aimed at all movies. But I just think there's too many lines that have been put in that were purely for the trailer. Oh, yes. Yeah. They're not for the movie. And it, like, I think Keira Knightley's, you know, you like pain, try wearing a coat. It just seems for the trailer that and the one that doesn't make any sense either in the in the in the scene is with Barbosa and Jack and he says you're off the edge of the map mate here here they be monsters and you're like and it just cuts sort of cuts away and you're like there was no like no yeah. reason and it felt like that was put in after like they sort of went you know we need something in that scene and then they wrote a line gone to film and went that's for the trailer that because mm. if that like that line means absolutely nothing in that moment, because Jack's already you know Jack at the time is a skeleton himself and stuff. Yeah, it just doesn't that it just doesn't work for me. Those those lines that just stand out that you can tell have just been added in. Um, also, the bit that bugs me, <laughs> it's just I don't know if it's a continuity thing or whatever. But when Barbosa is shot by Jack and obviously he's turned back to yeah, him, yeah. isn't it? And he he falls in the water and he drops an apple. But he never had the apple in his hand. Anyway, they were fighting. Yeah. And that bit just bugs me. It's just a little continuity error. And I, I'm not one for like looking for mistakes. Yeah, and yeah, stuff. but it does. And I don't watch those series that like you get it on Channel Five and it's like a hundred top errors in films. Yeah. I hate watching it because it does both films. Yeah, you, you can't. But this one in particular, something about there's it. just something about that where again it just seems like someone went, wouldn't it be cool if like his apple floated away, and they were like. Well, how do we do that? We'll just put it in his hand. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's a little bit like the scene where just before that, where Jack takes the piece of gold because it was the only way he could become cursed. But I think yeah. that was put in later because when he did a test, no a test screen, and yeah. the feedback came back. Go, they weren't too sure at what point Jack. Was Jack always cursed as well? He didn't realise. Right. And he hadn't actually filmed that bit where he picked up gold. And remember, it always it stood out. Because it is quite a complex plot. And it's not the greatest plot, but it does... It, you know, it, 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 it's, a, it's, it's quite nice to have a Hollywood film that's got a little bit more complexity in the plot. Everyone's, everyone wants something. Yeah, and I think yeah. in any film... You, no matter what the character is, you've got to look at them and go, right, what do they yeah. want? So, you know, even the James Norrington character wants to marry Elizabeth, probably yeah. wants to you know, wants to be a, an admiral and stuff. Everyone what everyone in, this, in the whole film wants yeah. something, don't they? And I think maybe with that scene, thinking about it now, maybe they just cut it because what would have been good was when he gets shot and he says, I can feel, 
Maybe he takes out the apple and bites the apple. As his last moment, he got to. Because he hasn't tasted yeah, something. he got to, yeah. And that would make more sense to it. me, yeah. But just going back to the bit where he steals the gold coins, and a bit always stands out to me, that bit where he takes the coins. And apparently they didn't have that shot filmed, so instead of doing a retake, they managed to have, an, I think it was an outtake of almost, and he reversed it. So it's actually him putting the coin back in, and then he slowly oh, reversed right, it. Clever. So I think it just... Maybe something always be like he didn't sit right with me, but apparently it was like I'm like I love little things like little tidbits. Like. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, there you go. Anyway, right. So for season two, we have our new feature. Me and Liam are both written uh, questions for each other. I've got a box of questions. Liam's not seen, doesn't know what's in them. Liam's got a box for me when uh, it's my pick. So and it's your, called the mystery box. Put your hand in the mystery <laughs> box. Very piratey himself. Better be in some treasure, isn't it? There you go, that one. So, what one have we picked this week? Okay. Bear in mind something that you said before about you can't imagine it, but recast this movie with an 80s cast. Oh, recast it with an 80s cast? So I had a little bit of time to think about this. Okay. Because it, because it was a question I knew in any new films we were going to be talking about. Do you want me to tell you who I would have picked? Go on then. I've gone with Jack. I picked two. I thought Charlie Sheen. I was I was good, thinking who who's he? Make a good Jack. Eddie Murphy. Oh, that's a good one, isn't it? Um, and for Elizabeth, I went with Winona Ryder. Yeah, I think Winona Ryder was more that that early nineties nineties vibe. I mean, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, um, um, I'm gonna go. Do you want me to tell me me will though? Go on then. Mark Hamill. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Go on, who's yours? I am going, because she's your archetype, archetypal, what's the word? Archetypal, 80s girl. Is it Molly Ringwall? Molly Ringwall, yeah. Yeah. As Elizabeth. Just because if you go in 80s, just she was in you film, see she? her and she, oh, no, no, change your mind. <laughs> I've changed your mind already. What's his name from Dirty Dancing? Um, Jennifer Grey. Jennifer Grey. She's no, she'd be Elizabeth Swan. Yeah, yeah. Good shout, yeah. Um, Would you have Patrick Swayze as Jack Straw? Jack Sparrow, no, it'll be, it'll be too. It'll be too obvious. I am gonna have Kiefer Sutherland though. In as Will. I don't think he's a Will. Is he your Jack? I don't think he's me Jack. I think he he'll be. Is he the Norrington? No, I think he. I think he could do Barbosa. Like I know he's age wise. It was oh, yeah. just hit me, um, just hit me mic there. Um, age wise might not work, but I feel like he could. He could. He could. He could bring a bit of off to the role. Um, if we're going, will. I'd have to go Tom Cruise. He's he's like Yeah, that's a good shout. Yeah. No, no, no. Scrap it. Michael J. Fox. Michael, J. I, I, do you know what? I nearly wrote Michael J. Fox, and I thought I, I changed my mind because I went with Mark. I thought so I'm going Mark Hamill because that you know. leaves Jack. Who would Jack be in the eighties? So just to recap, we got Jennifer Grey as um, Elizabeth. Yeah. You got Michael J. Fox as well. Yeah. So you need a Jack. Oh, you got Kiefer Sutherland as Barbosa. Yeah. You need a Jack then. Um, 
for the Nor- for the Norrington character, hang on. William Defoe. William Defoe? Yes. You're not going British for that one though? No. Oh, no, okay. I just think he would be interesting mm. as that it, that complex role where he could be a bad guy, but he's actually not. I'd like to yeah. see William because bear in mind in the eighties he was young a lot younger mm. as well, you know what I mean? But who would be me Jack be so? You'd have to try and find some equivalent 80s actor to Johnny Depp. Someone who's a bit less. And don't forget, they don't have to play it the same way. Yeah. It's just, and who would you think, who, who's an actor from the 80s that would have made a good version of, of Jack? And they don't necessarily need to be the Keith Richards. That's why I think Eddie Murphy would have been really Eddie good. Eddie Murphy would have been interesting. I am going to go for... And it's obvious, because we mentioned before, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford as Jack? Yeah. That's an interesting one, yeah. Yeah. No, I think he'd go straight, but he would do what Harrison Ford does. Just that little bit of moments, that little bit of self-awareness in yeah. there as well. Do you, know what I mean? do you know who else would have been good? I don't know how old he was in the 80s, but Wick Mail. Oh, like, I swear to God, he was attached to this project as well. Oh, was At some really? point, yeah. Because before, I remember reading earlier, before uh, Jerry Buckheimer took it on, and when he, the idea was going to be quite a low budget, Rick Mayer was associated oh, with really? it. Oh, really? I yeah. didn't see that. Yeah. Sure that would have been interesting. So what impression, if any, did it make? Oh, well, um, big budget, $140 million, which is a big budget. Like, at the time, it was, it was a big... And you can see where the money was spent. But... It was a tidy investment, Dave, because it racked up six hundred and forty-five million in the box office. That's impact. Nobody expected that. That no. They? I think no. I think everyone was expecting another Cutthroat Island. Yes. Which was the big <clears throat> flop, wasn't it? Which I think again was made for like a hundred million and probably made about two. But as a whole, the franchise eventually pulled in four point five billion, which is quite incredible. And I think that we mentioned before it's a fifteenth. Biggest movie franchise ever, which was like, and Johnny Depp got nominated for an Oscar as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is um, like, well, that that was the next point I've got. Literally, it did make Johnny Depp. He went from being not just a cult, but a very respected actor. But it made him basically a worldwide movie star for this period where he was he was the biggest. He was one of the biggest names in Hollywood, and oh, he still is. I know everything that's gone on recently to call case. Is so Hollywood as well. Do you know what I mean? Some of the stuff that's come out, but he is—he's a—he's a big name. You know what I mean? He's—he's—he's he's, he's a, he's a bit crazy. But hey, do you remember to... any other films prior to Marvel having a post-credit scene like this one? No. No, not not the must be, but no, I can't remember one really. Like actually having one, and because this came out before Iron Man. Yeah, two thousand and three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two, Iron Man was what two thousand and nine. It's uh, eight, I think. Two thousand eight. Yeah. I'm just wondering whether it had any influence on Marvel. Just I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah. No, don't know. Is it? But but above all, it did make pirate films cool again. But no one else has. I don't think no one else has pulled it off really. So I don't think we really had any pirate films since there was around the same time the. Um, Russell Crowe, Master and Commander, was yeah, which is which, played serious, yeah, isn't which it? is a good film as well. Um, but around in the but we haven't really had, and I, and I think that's going down to like, 
the literally the budget you need to pull it off because I think to pull it off you've got to go big and if you're going to go big Jerry Bruckheim is your man so how can we watch it Disney Plus they're all Simple on ass. Disney Plus yeah. I love like, they're all on there yeah the, yeah. Full, the full franchise is available yeah. yeah I don't know if anyone's bothered about the last one Mike but you know. <laughs> so if we like Pirates of the Caribbean um, we're going to discuss what else we'd like I've gone with two themes first theme because of what you've just said um, about the, the the budget and what it what it made, um, I've gone with surprise hit movies. Okay. So Saw was only made for one million and made one hundred and three million. Um, Blair Witch only cost six hundred thousand, sorry sixty thousand dollars to make, and it went on to make two hundred forty-eight million. Blair Witch Project wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Um, do you, did you ever watch like a VHS copy of it and got told it was real? Because I did. I I remember going and seeing the pictures and, which is strange because I do not do horror films mm. in any way, shape, or form. Do not like. Do not care for them. It'd be like if you said to me they could every horror film could disappear tomorrow. Would not blink one eye. <laughs> I don't care for them. I'm, I do like them, but I do remember when it came out and we and it was we were told it was real, wasn't it? It, it wasn't for like I yeah. think it'd been out for like a few weeks, wasn't it? Before yeah, it was actually yeah. said. But um, a film that you've already mentioned, King Speech, that was only made for fifteen million, yes. and that made four hundred fourteen million dollars. Um, Kevin Smith's Clerks, twenty seven thousand, made four point four million. Star Wars, yes. you know, went on to make seven hundred seventy five million. So they're my surprise hit movies. Okay. Um, I've gone with movies set on a ship or set in water. Oh. <laughs> Titanic. Yes. Life of Pi. I know we've slagged Titanic off previously. It is still a good film. Oh, the last hour of that film. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it, it a good know, action film, as you, yeah, you're going to yeah, see. Yeah, uh, Life of Pi, Das Boot, Jaws, Perfect Storm. Life of Pi is a great Jaws. Poseidon Adventure. Have you ever seen Triangle with Melissa George? No. That's a really good film set on a boat. It's sort of a bit of time travel kind of weird feeling to it. Uh, Dead Calm with Sam Neill and Nicole Kidman. Oh, you seen that in Billy I Zane? I think I have. It's That's a really while since film, I've seen yeah. that, yeah. Um, one that we've already mentioned, The Boat That Rocked. Yeah. Because Jack Davenport was twatting it. But it's <laughs> not a twatty, but he it, was twat. <laughs> can you think of who it stars that links to previous episodes? Uh both the characters from IT Crowd. Yeah, you got Catherine Parkinson and Chris O'Dowd from the IT yeah. Crowd. Um, Bill Nye is in it, who then is later in Dead Man's Chest, the yes. one of the other Pirates films. I've gone with two Tom Hanks films, The Greyhound and Captain Phillips, both set on, on ships and both amazing. And then Hunt for Red October with Sean Connery and Alec Baldwin, who obviously plays Jack Donaghy in Thirty Rock. <laughs> oh, nicely played. I was waiting. I was like, I was getting a bit worried then Thirty Rock <laughs> wasn't going to pop into it. All right, then. So, my other ones like this is, and I mentioned it before, no one would, would, would have the balls to make a pirate film, but have you seen the TV show Black Sails? Not yet. This is the... This is not the Taika Waititi. That's the other one, no, isn't it? No, this no. is the serious one. So this it? is it's it's um, Toby Stevens plays Captain Flint. It is fantastic. It is so. I don't know anyone else who's ever watched this TV series. I found it a few years back, and it's just amazing. I need to talk about the ending to someone. 
the pre- it's a prequel to Treasure Island. It's Captain Flint. It, it's basically it's set in the days before Treasure Island. Right. Um, if four series, it's fantastic. It's absolutely amazing. So, if anyone out there has watched it, get in touch. <laughs> I want, but it has been so long since I've seen it. I need to go back and rewatch it. It is fun. Sam Hooper, who's in Umbrella Academy, is in it. He's really good in it as well. And then later was in Game of Thrones, which I feel like if you liked Blacks, if you like Pirates of the Caribbean, you like Black Hell, then you'll sort of like Game of Thrones because it's. It's a big epic. Yeah, it's an epic. Um, as a film, I've chucked in Dungeons Dragons on Among Thieves that we've just seen. I feel like it's a very similar vibe. Yeah, the comedic elements yes. to it as well yeah. and the action. Yeah, so I'm going to chuck that in. And then I've gone for a little, um, little franchise theme going on here. So to me as a franchise, it's most like Indiana Jones. I can see a lot of similarities, except the, the the way you play the main character, and it was quite funny when I mentioned about Addison Ford yeah. before. Um, a franchise that's quite critically acclaimed, the Dark Knight trilogy. It it's a franchise, but it's still critically renowned as one of the best franchises. I think if you're going to go with franchise, going down that franchise route, um, if you want a franchise that's in the top twenty. And yet a little bit left field, the Fast and the Furious. Yeah, it's 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 part of Calvin on land, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, essentially. Yeah, it is, and I, I just think it. And then another franchise because there's the third film coming out, the Paddington <laughs> franchise. I just think everyone in this world should have Paddington in their lives, especially Paddington Two. It's just just watch it. <laughs> so that was uh, Liam's choice this week which was Pirates of the Caribbean and you should watch it if you can this was a watch it if you can production executive produced by Kenny Arval's lad on work experience Don't forget to follow, rate and share from wherever you get your podcast from.